Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Bearded Man podcast. I am JC Rivers and I will be your bearded man. Now, the very first edition of this podcast will be an interview with Don Broco. Now, Don Broco are an English band. They've been around since roughly around 2008 from my research. Um, I've listened to them since about 2000 and uh, I think it was 2010, 2011. Um, now, I've liked them since day one. And I've listened to their EP, I've listened to their album Priorities and listened to their album Automatic, their most recent album Automatic. And I've loved every single one of them and you can see the maturity going through their albums. Now, the reason why I wanted to start a podcast is literally basically because I'm like, I'm so interested in them. I listen to Joe Rogan, Charles Sonnen, I listen to Chris Jericho, I listen to Steve Austin, um, I listen to the MMA Hour. And it's just something where you can just sit, relax, and listen to someone talk for an hour, two hours. And if the subject is something that you're interested in, it is something which you can get basically involved in. You get more of a sense of what's happening with that subject. So you might hear something that you never knew before. Like I learned a lot about Scientology when um, Joe Rogan did a podcast on it. So these are the reasons why I want to do it. So I've got some interesting people lined up. So the first one will be with Don Broker, and that's going to be after this short intro. I've also got stuff lined up with bands around the, the Sunland um, area. And I've got some with some rappers around Sunland area, a, a comedian around Sunland area. I'm also going to try and do like a, a bi-weekly um, thing where a bunch of um, my friends get together um, and we... Basically, for the past few weeks, we've been playing Risk, the board game, and we're going to be uh, playing Poker, not this Saturday, but next. Um, we're going to basically record what we say, and if it's any good to listen to, we'll be releasing that. So that's going to be about four or five men just basically talking to crap for two hours, but sometimes that could be the funniest times. A few drinks, poker, what more could you want? Um, so, yeah, so the first podcast is going to be Don Broker. This, the story behind this, it wasn't going to be... A, a podcast it wasn't meant to be a podcast at all um, a podcast didn't even like come over my mind at, at that time I was uh, I was writing for a magazine and they set up the interview with Don Broco in Newcastle I think it was about April last year um, and basically I went along and I interviewed Don Broco and it set up like an interview I, I asked the questions like an interview so um if I knew it was going to be a podcast, probably it would be a bit more interesting. But I, I thought it's not, I can't let it go to waste. I didn't type the interview up. Um, so it never got published. So I wanted to release it as a first one. Don Broke is like a half decent name now. So I thought if I get the first one out of the way and then get you get the boring podcast after that. Um, so because it wasn't meant to be a podcast, I want to apologize for the audio quality of it. I mean, it, I haven't got the money that. Um, the podcast people that I've mentioned before like Joe Rogan and Chelsea and have so my audio quality is not going to be as good as those it is literally just going to be recorded as well as I possibly can um, but because the, the interview with Don Broga wasn't meant to be a podcast it was literally recorded on my phone um, which wasn't a very good phone um, and like I said the sound quality isn't good so you might hear stuff in the background because other bands are trying to set up and stuff like that um so again yeah i want to apologize for that if and future ones will not be like that i promise that i just wanted to start with dumbbell to make sure that that did get out there i didn't want to ruin that it was a really good interview the lads in dumbbell is so so canny um probably the the nicest band that i've met i've met a few 
I've been in the band myself, so when I did gigs and that, I've met other band members um, in different bands and stuff like that, and some of them are basically they just don't want to talk to you, and you get some like Don Broger who um, are just interested in everything you've got to say and everything you've got to answer. They gave some reasonable, like some, I was going to say reasonable, some really good um, interesting answers over you do get an aspect of how their writing process is you do get aspects of how their the life is on the road and stuff like that so I hope you really do enjoy it um, so yeah that's coming up now um, again apologies for the sound quality um, and I will try and get a next podcast up in the next few days um, hopefully that's going to be an interview with either a band or a comedian from um, the Sunland area um, but yeah thank you very much for listening How would you describe yourself in just like a few words to make people want to listen to Don Rogo? Uh, I think, um, I mean, we've, all, we've always actually struggled ourselves trying to describe describe ourselves, as probably most bands do, because it's quite a kind of eclectic mix of, of rock within our sound. But, you know, I think, um, you know, we're, we're quite energetic. Rock band, you know, we like to we like things to sound kind of lively, punchy, exciting, um, and I guess it's a sort of good mix of rock and pop yeah. music together. Yeah. Were you aware that um, on Google you are described as like a sexy groove to some of your songs? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know we we're not we're not afraid to embrace the, the funk the funkier side of, of, of I guess rock music, and uh, you know some bands maybe shy away from that a little bit. Um, a bit more sort of straight up while you know if there's something groovy we just we just run with it so that was like so that's done like purposely like deep because that's like kind of music that you would listen to on a daily basis to, yeah, it's the, I mean, it's the kind of, yeah music you listen to um you know listening to sort of growing up listening to bands like incubus yeah. and, and Ripple Chili peppers and um i guess bassist as well who actually kind of play the bass and, and don't play it as a guitar mm. but that kind of definitely has an impact on the sound so do you have any guilty pleasures? Quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think maybe that's, maybe that's, you know... Um, the majority of our music taste is probably... Part of our sounds where we, we've never really been too afraid of, you know, letting guilty pleasures even. The people, things that people would consider guilty pleasures maybe, you know, slip in and influence our music in some ways, you know. If we've always sort of taken the attitude, if it's a good song, it's pop music, if it's... Music is, you know, R and B or whatever. If it's if it's making us feel good, then you know it's a good thing. Yeah, we're gonna um, potentially, you know, take some of that and, and use it within our writing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you formed in around two thousand eight, and uh, Big Fat Smile came out around two thousand eleven. Um, so how would you describe your writing process from Big Fat Smile to Automatic? If any changes, whatever has been, or do you think it's like generally the same? kind of writing style of how you perform, write, anything like that? Um, I think when we wrote Big Fat Smile, it was far more um, condensed and kind of, we, uh, we wrote it in the back of the van, uh, we were just on tour, we'd smash out songs while we were driving to the next venue, um, and the process was far less considered uh, than it became when we wrote Automatic, where we kind of smash something out, make a really rough demo, go into the studio and record it with Big Fat Smile, and Automatic. 
the uh, demoing process was far longer. We'd really take a lot more time considering all the parts and the structuring. Um, and then when we went to the studio, we'd go in with the producer and work on the songs before we recorded them. Whereas with Fat Smile, we just went to the studio and recorded exactly what we'd written in the back of the van. Um, so yeah, the process has definitely uh, evolved a lot since those first, first songs. Would you say that you've changed personally with the type of music that you do from Big Fat Smile? Have you matured any, or are you just like ex your thought process is exactly the same for when Big Fat Smile came out? I think um, the common fact is that we always want to write music that we enjoy. We always want to write music that was catchy um, and we found interesting, um, and that has remained um, a common kind of factor throughout all our writing. Even though um, some of the actual Musicality has evolved over the years. Thank you. Um, so the songs that you write, I mean, when I listen to them, I, I'm a fan myself. Um, I can see, I can hear some meaning throughout the songs. Is that done purposely, do you, or do you do you write the songs thinking, well, this one we'll just write about this, and hope people will click on to it, or is it lyrically? Yeah, lyrically wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of changes from song to song, really. Um, sometimes they'll be like, really early on in the writing process, and like. Uh, maybe just a, a hook or something that, that has lyrics that fit to it really nicely and, and kind of straight away you get a feeling of maybe what the song is going to be about and you kind of write it around that. Um, other times there's songs which are kind of almost written completely musically um, and will have melodies and, and sort of you know, ideas of what it's going to sound like and then, then the lyrics come with the kind of final cherry on top. But um, yeah, usually sort of, you know, a, get a kind of feeling from a song you know the, how it you know just the, the chords or you know the, the sort of the power of it yeah the general mood and that's kind of what influences what the kind of subject matter will be about um so you're playing uh priorities and automatic all in one go over, over two nights if you had to drop one which one would it be if the thing you said right now you can only play one night which one basically priorities or automatic which one's your favorite <laughs> Kind of the point of the tour for us is we, you know, the last year and a bit, we've been you know, promoting automatic and playing that pretty much, you know, exclusively with a couple of old songs from Priorities as we do. So it was really nice for us to go back to the first album and, and dig some songs out that we hadn't played for ages. So the last two nights have been fun, really fun doing Priorities. I'm not gonna lie, it's you know songs that you know we were playing a lot a couple of years ago that you just forget about because they don't make it in the set and you want to play. Um, and it is definitely a fun set to play. It's, um, you know, Automatic was, was more of a studio album, while Priorities was more, more of a live album. Um, at the same time, I think we enjoyed songs from Automatic a lot more, <laughs> and they probably sound a lot better live than the songs from Priorities, so it's kind of, it's tough. We just played for longer, I think. Yeah, <laughs> So going back to what you've just said with Automatic, do you feel that you put more of energy involved and you enjoy the songs more? So if you play like Automatic like three, four nights in a row, go back to Priorities, you feel that you do a better show with Priorities or? Um, I wouldn't really say so. I, I think it's just um, with Automatic, you know, we feel, we felt like we kind of got better as, as, as songwriters and, and as musicians sort of during that writing process. And, um, while we're still massive out of priority, I think automatic, you know, we work because we worked in it for a little bit longer and um, in our minds it kind of it kind of stands out as a more accomplished record. Um, 
So it's probably more when we hear it back and we sort of maybe see the recordings of it back or we listen to the to the album back. Oh, that was you know that was did all right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess priorities though. Um, it is still super fun to play though. So it's kind of you get you you get different things from both of them. Yeah. Um, so you've been on tour for quite a while now. You may have been on a European tour, you're on a UK tour now with priorities not my of everywhere you played anywhere what would be your favorite city out like out of all of you all of everything basically you don't have to say england by the way yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say here or england where they're like probably like the most memorable shows will potentially ever play in our career was um a show we got to do in Rome um in this ancient roman amphitheater it was outside um, the sun shining—it just felt incredible. It felt like you were sort of a part of history. Yeah. Doing it, um, and it was like one of the first kind of big arena supports we'd ever done as well. So to you know sort of go into somewhere like that, just steeped in history, and, and also play a, a killer show where everything went right for us. So we all came to the back of that. It's pretty mental, and there, there aren't many venues like that in the world. So. Yeah. To do that was yeah was really special. Um, so you got the new single and video out. Um, everybody, um, can you tell me a little bit more about like the process of that? Because I've watched the video and it's a bit, mm-hmm. it's a bit elaborate. Like who mm-hmm. comes up with like your video ideas? Um, have you guys got like a massive input in that, or do you just walk in and go right? This is the idea, and you just flow with it. Um, this is just completely different to um, any previous video we had. A lot of them we. Um, have quite sometimes specific ideas and then they sort of we talk to directors and they evolve in bands of directors and sort of production company and then you know they changed her out. Um, this video we kind of we wrote the song on, on tour really. Um, it was kind of half written on the Boom Rising tour, half on the Fossil Summer tour. We didn't really have time to think about anything. And um, we just thought of trying to try something different, we just put a really open brief to um, a load of video directors and said, guys, we want something fun, we want something that we haven't done before because we're always trying to, it's quite hard sometimes in videos, you try and do something different and they always end up being similar to your old yeah. videos because I think that the directors quite naturally think, oh, that's what fun Boko are, we'll make it a bit like this, but we said, really open, just throw whatever you want at us and uh, let's see, let's just kind of go a little while and we've got this this treatment back which pretty much well, more or less what the video is now and uh, as soon as we read it we were like wow this is mental we need to, we need to make this video um, we chatted to the director on the phone he was in America um, sort of a few things changed here and there we had a few ideas he came back with some ideas and it, and it evolved into what it is now and then obviously on the day when you get out there um, you know you freestyle little bits here and there and I think it's probably our favourite video Done. It's definitely the most favourite one to make. Um, we just go out to Atlanta to do it. George is uh, it's really cool. So you came up with the dance for the video? The director. Yeah. The director yeah. really was the, uh, the creative uh, mind behind all the visual stuff in that video. Yeah, really yeah, it's home. Yeah. Um, so, what is your backstage playlist tonight? I follow you on Spotify, and I see you've made a playlist for that. What is on tonight? Um, so I'm not going to go. I've just made some additions today, I haven't made them. Yeah. I haven't put them on there yet. 
we've been discussing uh, the additions to the playlist and the band journey down here because we wanted to freshen it up. Um, so we've definitely got uh, some Rihanna on there. Um, <laughs> These the guilty pleasures coming out now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, we, we love that kind of stuff. We're really into um, R&B. And um, when we're winding up for a big rock show, we don't really tend to listen to that much big rock music. Um, <laughs> so with like the R&B things this way, because your songs are very dancey and it gets people like on the beat. Mm. Do you think this is where it comes from? Like it stems from? Well, if you listen to R&B? Yeah, that's what we're, what we're doing without realizing. It. We're trying to become like a big R&B band. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure every single thing you Yeah, we were talking about we went to a festival last year um, in Barcelona to play. And uh, you know, of all the rock shows we've been to, uh, the most mental mosh pit I think we've ever been in was this Diane with the mosh pit. And uh, it got us thinking about Diane Wow music to them and that is incredible like high music before you hit the stage. Or it's Diane with tunes and it just shit picks up. So yeah, we'll be listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of leads me nicely on to, um, is there anyone, not necessarily music-wise, but inspires you to carry on to do what you do? Because it must be hard going on tour and being away from families a lot of time. Is there anything that you can think of and be like, well, this is why I'm doing what I do? As writing goes, sometimes it's quite tough. This one came relatively quickly. There's a few bits at the end, but like it's only until you actually get to play it live and see that crowd reaction and, and, and it, see it kick off you know, visually in front of you, losing their minds, and then you think, wow, this was, it was all worthwhile. Like, you there for. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the, the best bit about it. When do you find that you're most creative in like the writing process? Probably when you're least expecting to be. Yeah. As soon as you force it and you go, okay, today yeah. I'm going to sit down and smash that song. That's almost like a piece of death writing everything. <laughs> but most of the uh, good stuff comes, like when, well, I find most of the good stuff comes when I really can't be bothered to actually commit it to paper. So I'll be in bed, I'll have nothing idea. Okay, it's pretty cool. I can't really bother to get out of bed before it, but I probably should. <laughs> and then it normally forms the basis for something that's sweet. On the last question, um, if you've got any tips or advice to anyone who won, who's in a, like a, a band now, 
want to get in this position where you are, where you're touring the world, um, is there anything that you can give to them or any tips or anything like that to make to help them carry on and have that mindset of, well, this is what I want to do? Yeah. play as many good shows as you can because if you there's kind of times where you I mean for us anyway when you're not playing shows <laughs> we love playing shows but you know we, there's times we are like okay well, why, why are we doing this you've still got to, got to enjoy it you've got to love it um, and I think that's definitely for in the case of our band you know when it came to sort of live and, and playing in front of people like that's where we sort of got better, you know, we weren't, um, we weren't great when we first started, you know, we watched some early videos back and, you know, we were sort of all over the place and you just kind of, you just get better by playing more and more gigs um, and building up a fan base and kind of doing it yourself and that, that side of things, so just kind of focus on that. You know, I think it's different for a lot of, uh, for a lot of musicians and lots of different styles, but from our perspective, that's just sort of rock music and the library and that's, that's what it is. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.